Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's me, Tori, and you are listening to another episode of the Viva Life Show. For anybody who is new to this series, welcome and thank you. And anybody who is a continued supporter, bigger thanks. <laughs> um, if you are new, please do subscribe just to make sure that you get that notification when we drop a new episode that they are coming weekly. Um, I also just want to say I really hope you enjoyed last week's episode because we really, really enjoyed recording it. Um, we actually had our um, Viva Life kind of year Kickstarter meeting the day after. Um, and I just want to say how excited I am for the year. Like, there's so many new things coming um, that I really think you guys are all going to get excited about. Um, I'm not going to, I can't really say too much more. I've just got to let you find out as and when, but it's going to be a great year. We'll put it that way. Um, so this episode is a slightly different one. Um, this one is touching on grief, how to deal with grief, uh, a special person in particular's story with it. Um and just kind of even even things in regards to depression, um, mental issues and kind of just different ways in, in how to cope um, and how we've coped personally. So I do hope you enjoy it. Please, as always, give us your feedback um, and I will speak to you soon. Have a great day, guys. Hey, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Viva Life Show with me, Tori Ree. And the wonderful and most importantly, extremely patient Lou. <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to give you, I, I'm just, I'm going to put hands up, uh, trying a new way to record this podcast. And we just done a 30 minutes deep discussion, which you will obviously soon experience. And for some reason, this app decided to stop recording when things lock. Um, so I have to give it, I will give public extreme gratitude to you for obviously going through this with me twice Thank you. Um, so everybody this is Lou this is going to feel like deja vu for you um but I met Lou probably I think it was 28 the the end of 2018 maybe the start of 2019 mm. um and I met you through Fitzy so um anybody who's like on our Instagram etc I'm sure you'll be aware of probably the, the both of them to be honest um but Fitzy does a lot of our recipes and stuff and although I met you previously, I think it was, it was just kind of really on the off chance and the odd occasion. And we actually got to spend quite a bit of time in Bali together. Um, and obviously, I keep saying obviously, it's not obvious at all, which is the whole reason why we're doing this podcast. Um, Lou, you've experienced some some really, really hard and, and deep darkness over kind of like the last couple of years and getting to speak to you more, it really kind of stood out to me quite what a bright light you are. Um, kind of the way that you, you've processed your experiences and the way that you kind of live life with this, you've just got this serenity about you. That's the, probably the best word that I can actually place with you um and and the conversations that we've had it's really kind of opened up my mind to understanding a, a different viewpoint and a different stance on kind of experiencing grief I guess that's kind of yeah where they where this podcast is going um so I don't know if you'd be able to kind of provide people with a little bit more context on kind of where you've come from to yeah. start with yeah um so 
two years ago, uh, well, it was coming up to two years now, um, my life dramatically changed um, because I lost uh, my younger brother to suicide. Mm. And um, he was 19 um, in university. And honestly, it was just a complete nightmare. Mm. Like, I, I was living just the, my <laughs> the worst imaginable thing. Um, so basically the story goes um, that I was at work and so was my sister and um, I had a message from my sister we don't work together just Mm -hmm. um, so I had a message from my sister saying Lou have you heard from Harry Um, I've had a message from one of his housemates and apparently they haven't seen or heard of him for a couple of days Mm -hmm. and so I instantly panicked Mm -hmm. and um, I was I, I tried calling him getting hold of him no response and um, so I tried calling his mates um, I tried calling the university I even tried uh, calling hospitals in the local area just um, because I was so worried just in case maybe something had happened to him mm. and maybe he was at hospital I was hoping that I would find something some response mm. but nothing um, so my sister um, said she's going to go home and um I got hold of my father and he was working in town and I was in Shoreditch so both went home and at the time my mum was on a meditation retreat so mm-hmm. we couldn't actually get um hold of her at first but um we finally got uh, in contact and told her that we were going to drive down to um, his university Mm. and uh, we're at home and we tried gathering all our stuff my sister went to go put something in the car and uh, as soon as she opened the front door there were two policemen standing on the front doorstep mm. and they asked if this was the residence of Harry Yardley and we instantly knew that mm. um, he was no longer with us and I just remember standing on the stairs just screaming and I just collapsed and it was just the worst moment of my life my heart shattered it just didn't feel real didn't feel anything that I would ever have to go through anything my mm. family have to go through and finally um my mum had got to Winchester because we were worried about calling her when she was driving and policemen were there waiting to tell her um and then yeah the next few weeks I just remember just crying nonstop. People were visiting. The house was full of flowers. And I've got allergies. And, oh, like, I was mm. crying. <laughs> I was crying. And then, like, <sighs> I couldn't breathe. I, I, Bless you. <laughs> so I looked to state my face. I don't think I changed clothes for <laughs> days. I, I couldn't eat for weeks or even months. Um, it, it was all just a blur and just living a nightmare. And every day waking up when I had had the chance to get to sleep I was just waking into my own nightmare and just honestly it was just the worst period of my life so it was almost a year of just being in that state of raw grief Mm. and every day you know asking myself all these questions and torturing myself on on you know what happened and mm-hmm. why couldn't I have been there or changed something but it was really difficult because he was at university obviously I wasn't seeing him every day and it was so tough for me because 
we were so close and that was his mm. first year of uni so it was the first um time that we hadn't lived together because I didn't actually go away to uni um so I'd lived with him for all 19 years of his life mm. and and we were very close so it was very difficult for me um and at the funeral um I was one of the family that did the eulogy and um you know, organise everything with his friends because it was so nice to actually be around his friends because mm. um, they were quite similar to him, yeah. you know, similar personalities, and it just felt it was quite comforting. And if they would come round, so that gave me a little bit of like a comfort whenever I'd see them. Mm. But yeah, that was like the first year of my life. That's 2018 for me. <laughs> a hard sure. year. Yeah. And where did you kind of find that that things started to change for you and kind of what were those those things so at the end of 2018 um we moved house um so it's quite um, a nice little change yeah. because obviously being in that house walking past his bedroom and um seeing all the things that reminded me of him and all the places that me and him would hang out and it, it was very hard each day so finally we moved and so my current house is quite like a nice safe space mm-hmm. for me mentally it represents quite a nice peaceful place and everyone that comes round to the house always say how such nice energy this place has so it, it was really that was a that was a good um healing tool for me mm-hmm. um as well as reading books about grief and spiritual journeys um, and life purposes. Um, my mum and I both um, got, got into more of a, try to look on more of a spiritual side of it uh, mm-hmm. with life purposes. It's really brought us quite a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to look on my brother's life and death as he had a purpose in life Mm. um before he was even born he had this purpose the universe had intention for him and he had already carried out his life purpose and he taught us unconditional love and and which he did he was the Mm. most kind loving you know person I've ever met in my life um Mm. and he was just so compassionate and kind he would always um like if we're ever texting, he'd always finish it with love you. And whenever we'd say goodnight, we'd always say night, love you. And even just walking, yeah, even just walking down the street on the pavement, he would always go on the side of the road. Oh. Yeah. He's a sweet boy. Bless him. <laughs> so he taught okay. me just love and what it means mm. to really unconditionally love someone. So I took the reading of life purposes and that side of spiritual um, texts to to kind of take some of his personality, his love, and remember what he represents to me each and every mm. day and to try and um, give love and show love to others. Put it into practice yeah, kind of exactly, thing. Exactly, in, in his honour. Mm. No, that's beautiful. Um, and one thing I'll kind of obviously we discussed it in the pre- <laughs> in our previous attempts yeah. um, was kind of I know that you took yourself away from 
stuff like social media etc yeah yeah for that part of deep grieving mm, um mm. and i think it's quite important to touch on um in regard from two aspects yeah one in the regards of kind of taking in content and I know that you 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 agree with this. There's many people who have the best intentions, obviously, with mm, what what mm. they're kind of putting out there. Yeah. But there's a, also a lot of um, privileged posts. Um, yes. So people who haven't necessarily and, and we don't expect you don't expect everybody to experience the same no. kind of suffering. And I wouldn't and wish you don't it on want, anyone. Yeah. No, exactly. You don't want them to. Um, but obviously, and, and it's knowing in those moments, and rather than judging these people for kind of not taking into consideration Mm. the different kinds of suffering that others have experienced Mm. but rather than rather taking that kind of and you probably didn't realize it at the time but you took that kind of accountability to actually be like do you know what like I know that your intentions aren't bad but this isn't Mm. serving me right now so I'm actually just going to remove myself from it completely yeah yeah it was hard seeing things like you know you can be happy if you want to and Mm. um you want to manifest what you want and I I literally would just would see that shit and just be like all I want you know I can't manifest my brother back and I wish I could be happy but I can't be happy right now because my brother's not here it's that type Mm. of thing so yes those posts you know it's under interpretation and take things with a pinch of salt and all of Mm. that but for me at that time it was really difficult to see and read Mm. and I think actually unfortunately for you as well it's kind of like the the boom of the the secret and this isn't taking away from the secret or anything like that but obviously it is kind of more a high level kind of um intro to kind of what manifestation is and kind of an it's an insight book into spirituality yeah Yeah. um which I think a lot of people resonated with but obviously you can't build a deep understanding of kind of spiritual concepts and universal kind of truths Mm -hmm. from just watching a film or reading a book that takes it takes time and experience and in a lot of inner work yeah exactly and also if anyone did experience um this you know the level of grief and (laughs) <laughs> they were able to be like oh that happened like that I just that's right. <laughs> that would be quite scary <laughs> exactly and like obviously you do get to a point of acceptance I think yes. acceptance is probably like the key word yes um but you and, have to experience these traumatic mm-hmm. periods in your life and like when you have when you're faced with death and grief it, you I, you know I think you should actually experience it fully you know, going mm-hmm. through all the motions and the sadness the pain you should actually feel the pain fully because if you try suppress trauma and try look past it it may easily creep up on you later on in life and Mm. so I think to really manifest in different ways as well so to really be at peace with what has happened in your life and to fully be able to move on with your spiritual journey you need to feel the pain you need Mm. to actually experience what has gone through fully and so you're able to know that that's been a part of your life that you can use as a Mm. tool for yourself in the future exactly that exactly that um because again sorry I'm making you repeat a couple (laughs) of points that's okay just just to let everybody know this is actually a way better podcast (laughs) (laughs) and I think we're we're covering way more topics um but one area that I do want to kind of delve into again Mm. as well is 
from the opposite side. So yeah. when you are supporting somebody who is experiencing grief mm, mm. Um, or even even down to like depression as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are kind of looking on and you are having to support a friend or a family member or somebody that you you deeply care for, mm-hmm. or actually even even sometimes actually no, we'll start there because we're going to go off on tangent. Mm-hmm. When you are dealing with somebody that you care for, um, I think it can be so hard not to take on or not to try and take on their grief as your own, yeah. and to just try and take it away from them. And mm-hmm. it is that kind of again true. accepting that. Do you know what? I'm although I want to take this pain from this person I have to allow them to go through it yeah and I have to accept like for myself and forgive myself that I can't take their pain away mm-hmm. and actually I'm just going to be there for them whether they need to shout at me 100%. I'm not going to take it personal if they need to cry on me mm. then I can shower later <laughs> you know what I mean and, and yeah. but it's just kind of definitely a hundred percent because it's it's about that person at the end of the day Mm. they've lost someone even though yes you may have had a relationship with this person but they you know have known that person for 20 years whatever they it was their mum it was their brother so for them it's a completely different journey and experience for them so Mm. as you said the best thing to do is is be there for them and um I can't remember this analogy properly, but there was a book um, that my mum gave to like some of our close friends and family to how to support us. Mm-hmm. And there was an analogy about like if um, they, it's like they're crying in the middle, lying in the middle of the road. Don't just shout at them to come out, go lie with them. Yeah. Just like next to them. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Like just be there with them. Mm. And for me personally, things like just talking to people, uh, well, people trying to, just be there for me friends popping around yeah. bringing food because obviously the last thing you actually want to do is cook and definitely mm. you don't want to eat so I when I did eat it was actually good that people were actually bringing proper food round rather mm. than like crisps or whatever <laughs> um so I'd say just being there and allowing them to grieve in whatever way they want to mm. even if you've experienced someone else or been supporting someone else who's gone through grief it's not going to be the same because every grief journey is different my my mum and my sister and I we all grieve differently so it is such a personal thing and I think yeah again I I I know how difficult it can be when you're kind of the person on the side because sometimes it can feel like there's nothing you can do right Mm, or you start over maybe overthinking about what I can and can't say is there going to be anything that triggers and it's kind of a case of actually just do you know what just just doing the best you can Mm. and and not yeah I think that's like you say it's not trying to tell them what to do don't don't try and be like you this is what you need to do. You need to, you need to go and eat or you need to go to the gym. It's yeah. Just, yeah. If you want to go to the gym, I'm there to go with you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just the, the nice gentle support. Mm. <laughs> I agree. Yep. And then kind of in terms of how you've continued, because honestly, like I feel like kind of the, the person that you've come out, obviously you, you, you've mentioned already about, kind of living his legacy out and mm. and showing others kind of the unconditional love that he taught you and passing on that lesson but how else do you kind of keep yourself going because I'm sure 
mm. as, as you've mentioned, there isn't a day that you go not thinking about him. But how do you yeah. keep yourself kind of above water? Um, I sometimes journal. I write down how I'm feeling. Um, I might, you know, share an Instagram post with what I've been going through and um, how I've been feeling. And it's quite nice. Sometimes people will reach out and say they've been going through something similar or thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I've literally just lost someone. This really brings me comfort to know that, you know, a year and a half, two years down the line, uh, I would love to have an outlook like you, which is, you know, bringing me Mm -hmm. inner strength and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice to um, connect with other people and be the support for my friends when they've lost someone and know that I can be a strong um, sort of help for people. Mm. Um, so that that helps me go on because helping others at the end of the day is just reward. It's so, so rewarding that it mm. helps you have more purpose in life. Yeah, 100%. Um, so there's that side of it. And even just simple things like taking walks in nature and thinking about him in a way that's, like I know he wouldn't want me to be doing X, Y, Z. So um, living my life, being kind to myself, not mm. beating myself up over certain things um, would really, I don't know, it, that that way helps. Sorry, I'm probably not making much sense. My brain's just no. kind of saying that's words. <laughs> no, that's right. Because, okay, so I'll, I'll guide a little bit because obviously we did touch on, or you yeah. mentioned this to me yeah. before, like the kind of mental side for the, for you started well before kind of this trauma as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't necessarily an easy kind of period for you when that mm. even happened. That was more like a catalyst of kind of to everything. shake up my life, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I battled with um, like mental health issues and depression from and, and uh, borderline personality disorder from the age of 15 to 20. And um, at age 18 or 19, I can't remember, I think it's 18, I actually um, took an overdose and ended up hospitalising myself with the intention of taking my own life. Yeah. So um, I've got a complete like, both side mm-hmm. perspective of suicide now. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been a very interesting journey Mm. to, I don't know, to be that person and then be the other person. And I I understand why, you know, what he was feeling and why Mm. he did what he did. And but now it's like (laughs) I wish I could have said something and done things and whatever. But anyway, you can't. change anything can't turn back time but I take everything that I've gone through even the 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 years of my own um battles and the past two years of um grief and different kind of depression and coming out of it I'm Mm. I'm I'm not saying I'm any I'm not depressed anymore you know yeah because I want to go on with my life and I've gone through so much and changed my mentality towards life and you know it's taken a lot a lot of work Mm. and I've really I'm so proud of myself for how far I've come and the strength I have and and the outlook I do yeah so 
it's been real. It's been real. <laughs> it's say. been real, guys. It's been real, folks. Uh, but that's yeah. the thing as well. I think a key part to this that kind of is so easy to forget about when you're in the depth of things, mm. whether that mm. be grief or depression or whatever, is actually just giving yourself time. Um, yeah. Just kind of allowing yourself, like you said, to feel um to experience whatever the kind of motions are mm. and it's not dwelling in it it's not staying in it but it's recognizing it at each given point yeah um, exactly. and yeah for some people they may they may be able to kind of process things and move on from, not move on but live again yeah. Yeah. after maybe a couple of months or so and for mm-hmm. some people it may it may take a year yeah. two years yeah. there isn't obviously a a handbook yeah. No, not at all. And I, I, um, I have this kind of like visual, um, visual that I use in my mind. And so it's kind of like when someone dies, so imagine a circle mm-hmm. and that circle at that moment, the, the, the death and the grief, that is your life. The circle is your life at that mm-hmm. time. It's everything. You know, you're never going to, as you said, you know, it's not moving on. You're never going to move on. Mm. It's just going to be a part of your life and the circle will remain there, but another circle is going to grow around it and grow and grow. So it will always be there and be always be a part of your life, but your life's going to continue growing and you're going to continue doing other things. And that circle, the bigger circle around it will be filled with lots of other things. Mm. So it never leaves you, but it's not everything. Yeah, exactly. But at the time it's okay to feel that it is. Exactly. Exactly. It will be for mm. however long it will be your life because you're not going to be thinking about you know doing your going to work and doing your grocery shopping that's you know it's, that will be your life for a certain certain time and, and that's okay mm. like what I've learned from the books there's so many different stages of grief and that um that brought me comfort to know that what I was going through was normal and okay and mm. it doesn't matter you know you're not expected to do a certain type of thing whatever you want to do in that moment that's okay that's fine and in regards to kind of obviously I'd quite like to touch on your mum in particular mm, um mm. because first off I need to meet this woman <laughs> she's lovely you'd love her <laughs> I so think sweet. she's she's just incredible yeah um but like I, I mean obviously you're not your mum so you're not yeah. inside her head but obviously no. you've spent enough time yeah. with her to kind of get a, the best understanding of anybody yeah. yeah um but how do you kind of pull yourself out of uh, of that like obviously you you've had one child who has experienced kind of that that depth of kind of not wanting to mm. be here mm-hmm. and then you've you've sadly had one that has taken their life and yeah. you need to keep the kind of like you've still got bills to pay you've still yeah. got a, a house to run mm. like Apart from being Superwoman, how did you, how did she do it? Honestly, I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> she she has done a she's done a lot of um, spiritual work. Um, mm. At first, she was you know inconsolable and mm. completely shocked, and we all were. So at that the initial stage. Um, I don't really remember a lot. No, <laughs> so, I can imagine. So, um, yeah, so the first year is still a bit, little bit blurry, but this past year, um, I'm honestly so proud that she, you know, she's gone through 
she's gone to different types of counselling. She went to grief counselling initially and um, she's also gone to a psychiatrist for herself mm-hmm. for just um, self-love and self-growth. Mm. she she loves um spiritual healers like reiki tarot cards she loves all of that mm. reads a lot of spiritual books so that has been a big lifeline for her um but an, a bigger one i think actually was um she found this online like help forum okay and it was for um people who have lost loved ones uh, family members so mm. um i think there's like a little sub forum for mothers who have lost children Mm. and she was on that every day um and she honestly felt just I think that might have been what saved her Mm. um she she loved it so much she even got (laughs) their logo tattooed on her it's like a lotus flower yeah because it's so important to her yeah and I guess for her it's actually it although nobody's in her position it's people who are in similar positions exactly exactly and it was very difficult for her I know because she has battled with mental health her life as well depression Mm. and also a part of her um does feel guilty Mm. um because she she kind of questions whether she may have passed something down to my brother and I mental health wise because just before I was born she lost her mum so Mm -hmm. she she feels that she never fully um not recovered but never really fully went Dealt through with the right yeah mm. and so she thinks maybe that somehow um, passed to me and my brother um with mental health issues so for her dealing with grief like me like it was it was um not just this general grief, but it was like the depression that came with it and also suicidal thoughts too mm. so hearing things that you never want to hear your mum say and also my mum hearing hearing things from Mm. me we were each other's lifeline but it also was very hard because we both were (laughs) probably not the best people to support each other but we were the only I was gonna say at the same time you're the only person who can really support you at the same time exactly exactly so it was yeah I I really do look up to her so much and I'm so proud of her now like recently she's been going to art classes because she's never explored that side of herself and mm. for Christmas I got her hobbycraft gift voucher because she would just want that's to that's probably and... the best Christmas present anybody <laughs> could ever receive but yeah she's so but... sweet she has that little corner in her room where she does like art and meditation and stuff so I'm so proud of her do you know what? I just want to delve into that a little bit more just because yeah. it's something that that's just kind of like ticks something with me as well yeah um and I think that is the kind of the explorative side of things as well mm, in regards mm. to coming to terms with things. So yeah. I I've, I did, I think I did, I did art for GCSE, but mm, that was it. Like, I'd, I haven't even thought about doing anything since. I'm too much a perfectionist. And <laughs> anybody actually, Lou is an incredible artist. Me, <laughs> on the other you. hand, if it, it doesn't come out, somehow, I don't know how you do it. But what come, what you see in your head comes out on paper. Whereas for me, that was never the case. And that's, I just, I'd throw a whole tree away just because I couldn't get someone's nose right. <laughs> um, so I never delved into it. And it was actually mm. only last summer mm. I had a bout of bad anxiety. I haven't, like, I haven't touched depression for a few years now. But mm. obviously when you have those certain triggers and those certain days, I was like, okay, like, and it'd been a little bit more prolonged than usual. Right. And I was aware that I wasn't, 
dipping back down, but at the same time, something was unsettling me. Mm. Um, but around the same time, for whatever reason, I'd been thinking about, I really fancy painting right now. I don't know whether it's just because I knew it'd be a form of meditation yeah. or what. And cool. uh, I went to Hobbycraft and I actually, <laughs> I was, I was so broke. I took money out of my savings and I spent like a hundred pounds on paints and canvases which I didn't have <laughs> um but I was like no like for whatever and I remember coming out the shop and I was thinking shit what have I just done I've definitely <laughs> just spent money I don't have on yeah, paints that I'm yeah. never going to use after this first hour of going <laughs> home anyway I set myself up I put like a, a um whatever you call them you know when you're Ooh. painting a room the the just like a big piece of material on the oh, floor. okay yeah yeah protect like the carpet I'm sh- yeah. that's it <laughs> I put a dash sheet down I got out my canvas and I started painting actually no I lie I went outside mm-hmm. I went and did it in the garden and um I started painting and I looked at it and I was like I don't understand what happened it, it literally is three hours later mm. and and I'd still been going <laughs> and I continued with this piece uh probably the next week or so and it's still not finished but I look back at it now and it was like during those periods mm. it was just such a form of kind of med and I, I guess that's actually where you were talking about journaling as well it's kind yeah. of a, yeah it, it just allows you to kind of put your thoughts out there and if you're not happy with writing words and you it, there's different ways to express it yeah definitely dance yeah for me like my paintings don't necessarily make sense to everybody mm. but it at the same time when I when I do them I know that that that's my emotions right yeah, there yeah and I can make pure sense of it it's like reading a code um mm. or yeah listening to music or just finding something that kind of I mean, creative and art. yeah yeah and you yeah. don't need to be a creative person no definitely not that's when my mum started she was like I, I don't know if I have a creative bone in my body but I'm just going to go with it mm. But then you, it, yeah, it's just exploring a whole new side of release, I think, is probably yeah, the exactly. best word for it. Exactly. And I still find that now whenever I go and draw, but literally hours will pass, I'll look at the clock like, oh, is that the time? Mm. <laughs> like, it's just because I just kind of just zone out and my focus is just on, you know, we do different kind of art, but like mm. my focus will be on just little details and I will be able to just, just focus on that for how many hours and not think about anything else really. Mm. and it is it's definitely a form of like meditation because mm. I used to say that about the gym as well yeah um when I first got into the gym that definitely helped kind of with with my depression because it was a time out for me it was a time where I had to focus on what I was doing mm. and I was going to injure myself yeah. um or music can be a, a good tool for people as well if you're kind definitely. of musically inclined and just going off on a tangent as per um have you heard of the artist triple x or x Tentacion? oh uh, yes he was the guy who got shot yeah, uh, yeah year yeah. before last now um yeah. and i remember um his music is i don't even know what genre it is to be perfectly honest mm. um i feel like it's a whole kind of uh, i'm gonna yeah. kind of even go with emo <laughs> yeah it's very emotional kind I of get music we, it's funny you say that because i actually listen to some of his when I was grieving okay so this is going to make sense to you then. yeah so um when he passed away it really affected me and I didn't really understand why because mm. obviously I didn't know him and I, I there's plenty of people like music I've listened to in the past that mm. I've liked and like Michael Jackson for example obviously that was devastating but it didn't it, it wasn't like an internal feeling yeah whereas yeah. with this guy it was 
And I actually w- w- was lucky enough, I, I'm friends with um, the guy who mixes his music. Mm. So I was talking to him about it because obviously he was dealing with grief. Um, but being able to kind of listen back to kind of the music and continue mm. a legacy for him yeah, was, was yeah. a big thing. And I was saying to him, I was like, I can't explain it. I was like, but I don't understand why his music like hits me internally. Mm. I was like, I feel like when I there's certain songs that I listen to that it almost kind of restructures my thinking process. Like it takes me down a different path. And he's like, Tori, he's like this man, despite kind of like, he obviously had his own demons in the past. He was like his purpose and his mission Mm -hmm. was to kind of like help with depression and kind of mental health through his music. He studied frequencies meticulously to make sure that the songs actually, they were, it wasn't just like a beat. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He'd understand the frequencies of each song and kind of the impact that they'd have. And oh when gosh. he told me that, I was like, that makes so much That's sense. That's so cool. Right? Yeah. And it just, like, everything just kind of fell into line. So for me now, like, when I am feeling that kind of depression mm. or mm. whatever. In a funk or something. Yeah. And that's or the thing. Some, sometimes out, yeah. it's a funk, isn't it? It's not like... And once you've experienced depression, I feel like it it never really fully goes. Yeah, yeah. But it's learning you to learn manage kind exactly. of the triggers. You go stronger. Yeah. You, yeah, you mature within the depression and know yeah. how to kind of what to do and like coping exactly. mechanisms how to live for yourself. It. And yeah, be that kind and of like support mm. person for yourself. 100%. And mm. use it as fuel. Like for me now, if, if I have a funk or a trigger yeah. or whatever, then I'm usually where, okay, there's actually it's something external to me that's made me feel like this. Mm. And so then mm. I can address that, whether it's something that somebody said, and it might be a simple case of me saying, look, this made me feel a, yeah. a kind of way, or it might be a case of being like, okay, they said something quite innocently. Is it something that I need to reflect on and do some more work on mm. Mm. and kind of taking that kind of accountability. So I actually, like, I'm so grateful for it now because I can recognize that kind of, churning in my stomach and the retraction Mm, from kind of life and I'm like okay I need a little bit of incubation time to figure Mm. out what's the trigger here yeah and work on it rather than just kind of being lost in the abyss Mm. which Mm. I think is kind of obviously where you first experience it yeah that's a very good point Mm. and when I because I I I was diagnosed with um, borderline personality disorder Mm. when I was younger and um, that also uh, forced me to, like to learn how to best like look after myself mm-hmm. um, uh, because initially I would just react rather emotionally at certain things and not really understand why so I was forced to kind of learn um, like why I might be thinking these things or even just how best to cope and even though I don't feel um, that play- plays a very big role in, in my life anymore um like I still it's still there but I think mm. I've just managed it a lot better and even just little things like I don't know, I didn't realize would be such a big tool for me like when I'm quite uh emotional or something's really got to me or um my head's just spinning and going um thinking 100 mm. miles an hour um something as simple as splashing my face with water mm. or um 
just changing rooms or having a cup of tea or having a bath like something with like a temperature change Mm. um or like a sensation on my skin because it kind of like distracts my mind Mm. and I feel something physical and there's like a change of scenery and it that for me um really works in an Mm. odd way and I think well you mentioned about changing rooms as well and it's probably why moving house works yeah for you too but it is it's kind of like it's almost like sometimes you can linger in your own energy so much 100%, and yeah. it can be difficult to like necessarily go outside or do something like that. But even if you can, if it obviously not right now in January in England, <laughs> but like if you can go outside, even just to sit in your garden, if you're not ready to go for a walk, mm. it's just, it's yeah, it's allowing Definitely. yourself to experience something new. Definitely. And I don't know if this is, this is, I'm pretty certain you're going to be aligned mm. with me on this one, but mm. it's also in regards to kind of food. I find that food, it's so easy when you're feeling kind of low and funkish and and, and not necessarily putting mm. yourself as a priority because you've kind of reached a little bit of a dark space yeah. to just go for the quickest option or the most convenient or kind mm. of like the snack food, which is generally the shitty food, let's be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. Or even um, not eat at all. Yeah, yeah, or even not eat at all. Mm. And you end up in more of a catch-22 because then your body hasn't got kind of any energy to even fight your because that's that's the maddest part I feel Mm -hmm. like the mental side of things can be way more exhausting than physical Mm -hmm. physical you know that you can recover do you know what I mean you just need to sleep and your body's going to do its thing yeah mental can be so draining because the thing doesn't stop yeah it can quite happily not make you sleep (laughs) exactly um whereas actually like recognizing that kind of nutrition and mm. and fueling yourself with definitely with colorful food and whole food and stuff which actually has nutrients in it yeah it's going to do way more for your mind than even mm-hmm. just your that, body and vitamin d and omega-3 people mm-hmm. don't realize how important they are mental mm. health so and mm. i think vitamin d obviously we have our uh <laughs> d3 we can talk about that now yeah it's out yeah uh, <laughs> but having like d3 especially for kind of the winter months if you're living in the UK, oh, yeah it's essential key. yeah um because yeah i just used to just be like oh yeah i've got sad do you know what i mean I, i've got yeah. sad but <laughs> did i do anything about it no <laughs> i just kind of allowed myself to just feel just horrible it, gloomy. Yeah. yeah and then i i realized that okay like when i left the corporate world a couple of years ago it was then every winter, because me and Josh have spoken about this in depth mm. recently. It's like every winter we'd go away. And yeah. okay, yeah, it, it's lovely to go out and get some sun and to experience different countries and stuff. But it was almost to a point where we're actually, we're just running away. Running away, yeah. Yeah, like, do you know what? Since we got back from Bali, I've actually, I've loved being in the UK. I've had a great time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, we've, we've, we've experienced the same. We, we quite enjoy right. it. Right. And it's like, actually, when you embrace, okay, it's the winter months, but let me just continue to take care of myself. And I think that's the biggest thing for all of us is, Mm. is the switch. Obviously, I didn't know you uh, a couple of years ago, but I think for all of us, we've kind of definitely put self-love as kind of a key in self-nourishment and self-care. Yeah. And I think that that's really manifested itself in regards to the point that actually, there is no need to run away anymore. And when you mm. when you notice certain patterns in your behavior or it's like people who go out every weekend. Mm. What, what's your need to kind of escape reality? Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. In in recognizing when there's when there is a pattern of any kind of mm-hmm. particular behavior, it's like yeah. Oh, Sometimes you just got to sit yourself down and be like, why are you doing this? Right. And it can and be the most simple can we do? things yeah. to fix it. Like, so yeah. for me, it has been eating a better diet. Um, mm. I've always eaten, well, for the last couple of years, I've eaten extremely clean, but I can quite easily fall into the habit of eating the same thing every day. Right. And beforehand, when I wasn't necessarily being quite so colourful, I'd always make sure I had my green veg, yeah. but I wasn't necessarily looking at other kind of factors mm. and I wasn't looking mm. at kind of like the omega-3 to omega-6 and right. all the kind yeah, of... exactly. It's not even super technical, but it's no. stuff that we just need to pay a bit yeah, more attention to. Yeah, sometimes it just gets to. overlooked. Yeah. Yeah, and by making those changes, like... It just feels so much more better in my environment and and almost adaptable. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, this doesn't serve me next, because that's yeah. that's literally what I got into, and it it is recognizing when actually something mm. doesn't serve you or when yeah. you're not serving it, yeah. your environment. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Exactly. Just calling yourself out and mm. sorting yourself. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It can exactly. be very hard to kind of like get over your own ego. Mm-hmm. and realize that it's something that needs to be worked on but once you get over that 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 kind of it's taking accountability you, isn't exactly, it exactly and then that's when things that actually start to fall into place and work for you mm-hmm. yeah. amen amen I think that that like that kind of rounded us up to a perfect point because <laughs> that's so much the present day and where we're at now exactly um but no, I really appreciate your time and kind of obviously yeah, I, I know that, there's, that it's not an easy thing to talk about, but your vulnerability, I think, is mm-hmm. is incredibly inspiring. And, and I'm happy to share, obviously, yeah, even I was though it's say, hard. I'm, sure, I'm yeah. sure for you as well, to, the more you can kind of talk about it, one, it kind of just, uh, what's the word, affirms kind of the, his life purpose as well. Yeah, that exactly. His journey is going to reach more than just the immediates like Mm -hmm. it's a ripple effect but also for you and kind of like your processing side of things too and exactly opening yourself up so I really appreciate it I'm sure that people listening will as well Mm. um unfortunately something that we all experience (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) to different experience I'd realize it'll be so soon (laughs) I know bless you yeah well thank you so much for being such a wonderful host and someone who is so kind and just slowly you know brought out of me in such a gentle way so thank you very much i appreciate that of course my lovely well Mm i will okay i'm just gonna say bye to the audience (laughs) (laughs) thank you everybody for listening and we really do appreciate your time any kind of feedback or anything obviously let us know i have put lou's instagram in the information caption um on this podcast whatever platform you're on so please go and give her a follow and have a listen to kind of her messaging and yeah have a blessed one guys